Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week on Highways Voices, we talk face-to-face events. It's been a difficult time planning an event, in, obviously, in this COVID pandemic, but We've always taken the the attitude at JCT that we wanted to get this back as a physical event if we possibly could. At the moment, we are putting everything in place to make a very safe event. We have the possibilities for testing, we have the possibility for social distance. This is, of course, not what we hope for in October, but at least we are making sure together with the authorities to put in place an event which is totally in line with the currently uh, regulation. As the world tiptoes back to normal after 18 months of us staring at each other in two dimensions, we find out about plans for two events in the autumn, one in the UK and one that actually involves getting your passport out and not just a digital one. We always give you the bigger picture. We're Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. So we'll hear about the JCT Traffic Signals Symposium and the ITS World Congress in Hamburg today on the programme. But before that, let's get an editor's eye on the big news of the week as Adrian Tatum joins me to look through the pages of Highways News at the multitude of stories we've run over the past week. Hi, Adrian. What have you spotted? Well, this week... It includes a ruling by a High Court judge that Transport Secretary Grant Shapps did not act illegally by approving the second road investment strategy. In the High Court, Mr Justice Holgate dismissed Transport Action Network's application for a judicial review on the environmental grounds. In making his decision, he concluded that the approval of RIS 2 was in line with legal obligations, reported New Civil Engineer. Also, the Department of Transport will be issuing updated statutory network management duty guidance to all local transport authorities, which will make clear that they should always leave cycling and walking schemes in place for long enough for their impacts to be properly assessed. Elsewhere, Norfolk is set to benefit from a £26.2 million government funding to help construct the planned A140 at Long Stratton. And intelligent road repairs are among what being described as revolutionary technologies being developed in a project supported from £60 million of funding from the UK Research and Innovation Division of Engineering and Physical Sciences Research Council. Meanwhile, things that caught my eye, a major digital twin project involving GAST and TRL. There's controversy over the Silvertown Tunnel project in London, with Mayor Sadiq Khan having members of his own party vote overwhelmingly against his plans, and hopes of a big expansion in electric vehicles could be scuppered by a shortage of battery components. You get all the news you need from across the highways and transport industry here at Highways News. It is the one place you need to go for everything you need to know, and we package it up in a handy daily email that hits your inbox at midday every day. Make sure you're signed up. Go to highways-news.com. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. On Highways Voices, we'll hear from Jakob Bangsgaard, the CEO of Ertico ITS Europe, about October's ITS World Congress in Hamburg that's taking place as a physical face-to-face event with around 10,000 delegates expected. Not quite as big a global event, but certainly a major event for one part of the highways and transport industry is the JCT Traffic Signals Symposium, where everyone who deals with keeping 
getting the traffic moving in towns and cities across the country are invited and a large number of them turn up for two days of discussion plus of course the mover user group meeting the day before it all takes place in person this year after it was all done online in 2020 and john nightingale once again is the man who's organizing it all and john i'm looking at you on zoom at the moment and you're looking remarkably relaxed uh, and youthful despite the stresses of the last uh, year 18 months and uh, you seem to be putting together a very popular looking symposium with obviously the checks and balances to ensure maximum amounts of safety for anyone turning up at the event. Yeah, well, I, I may be smiling, Paul, but it's been a difficult time planning an event, in, obviously, in this COVID pandemic. But we've always taken the, the attitude at JCT that we wanted to get this back as a physical event if we possibly could. We've had an, an enormous amount of support from our exhibitors. In fact, the demand for exhibition space is unprecedented this year, even down to the extent where we, we've had to ask the university who are hosting the event for additional space which we've secured. The exhibition side is looking absolutely brilliant. And as always, we've had a fantastic response from contributors for Papers. Papers programme is now full. It looks fantastic. And we're just in the process of firming up what days people can speak on so we can get the final programme out there for publication. So that's all looking great. But the big thrust now, as you know, Paul, is bookings. It's to get people to the event. Now, I guess that if I were in a position when I were about to type my credit card details in to actually buy a place at the event, there is still uncertainty. I think we can all feel more confident and, you know, suddenly over the last few days, case numbers have gone down. We've got much, much lower hospitalizations and deaths than we had in previous waves for the same number of cases. So all these things are looking positive. But as we know, and as we know, for example, from the fact that Christmas wasn't going to be cancelled and four days later Christmas was cancelled, things can change quickly. What safeguards have I got that I'm actually not going to spend money and not get anything out of it? All the way through, um, even when we were looking at trying to get an event on in 2020 and indeed for 2021 as well, we, we've always run this book with confidence guarantee. What that means basically, is that you can go ahead, you can book your symposium place through our website or by simply dropping us an email. You can action a purchase order. But we've always said that we won't cash those purchase orders in until we're confident that the event can actually go ahead. So that book with confidence guarantee still holds. But in addition to that, Paul, we're also minded of the fact that these are difficult times. People will be nervous about COVID and an event like the symposium. And so naturally, albeit in the background, we've been working very closely with Nottingham Trent University to look at how we can mitigate any possible transmission. And we have actually just published our first coronavirus management document that explains the sort of things that we'll be doing at the symposium to try and keep people the people safe. I mean, this is including all sorts of things, even down to the fact we're going to have a, an extended registration area with self-service registration to cut down the queues, multiple catering tables, because obviously there's lunches to deal with. So we want people to be able to spread out. We're employing more staff 
So we're going to have high visibility JCT marshals who will be there to encourage people to use the multiple catering tables, use things like multiple entrances into the symposium lecture theatre itself. And then we'll be respectfully asking that when people go into the lecture theatre, they consider wearing a face covering, at least when they're, when they're not speaking or networking. And then, of course, we can't forget the very important social aspect of the symposium. We obviously have a barbecue, which we're going to make great use of the fabulous courtyard that they've got at Nottingham Trent. It's usually outdoors, weather permitting, and and that's what we're hoping to do again. And then, of course, there's the UNEX Gala Dinner. Now, the Gala Dinner will be more spread out than before. Again, we're going to try and get the bar outdoors if we can. But also, I've been speaking to our bar providers. They've got a simple bit of technology. It's a button call system. And there will be an option for people to to sit down and have table service if they don't want to queue at the bar. There's much, much more sanitation stations, all sorts of things like that that are coming in as well. We are waiting on Nottingham Trent because they, they still need to get a few documents signed off. And they may well decide that there are extra measures other than the obviously the intense cleaning that they'll be doing there and the staff training. So it's worth keeping an eye on our website to see if there are any additional things that Nottingham are going to be doing. But we're confident that we've at least got, you know, the basis of a sensible package that will allow the the event to go ahead in more or less its normal format, but hopefully give people the confidence that we're doing everything that we can to reduce transmission. I think we really need this event, John, because I think we've all been cooped up staring at screens for a year, 18 months now. And the intangible bits of business that can only take place when you're having a chat face to face and some of the the friendships that I've actually built from just standing in the bar, having a chat to a stranger within the social events at the Traffic Signal Symposium. I mean, I, I recruited, when I used to edit a magazine, I recruited Mark Playdell to be a columnist for my magazine while standing when it was at Warwick University yeah. in the bar there. So, you know, we do need this, don't we, to actually all get together. And I think the mitigation you've got against the worst of the risk should give people confidence that they've got to come along and have a great time, learn a lot, network a lot, and actually see people in three dimensions again. I mean, that's the feedback that we've been getting, Paul. We've had numerous communications of support. People do really want to see this event come on. And we understand that some people may want to give it a miss this year. That's fair enough. I mean, we hope that they'll come back in future years. But what I can assure everybody of is that, you know, we want to get this event on. You're quite right that the networking is probably the most important part of the symposium. Exhibitors tell us time and time and time again that that is the place where they can actually see their customers face-to-face in a social environment, and that's where the real sort of work is done. So, yes, we desperately want to get this event on. So far, it's looking good, like it's going to go. What we really want, as I say, is we want people to at least have the confidence or even have a conversation with us. And and we will try and do whatever we can to reassure you that it is as safe as it possibly can be for you to book. John Nightingale, Director at JCT. I'm going to be there. I'm really looking forward to it. (laughs) Wild horses wouldn't keep me away from Nottingham in September. I will see you at the symposium. See you there, Paul.
Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. We'll hear about a trip to Germany in the ITS World Congress in a moment, but first let's drag Adrian back onto Highways Voices for... Adrian's accolade. And Adrian, who's your accolade for this week? Well, I think as you you mentioned earlier, Paul, Geist and TRL are my accolade winners this week. As you said, they're developing a national digital twin of the road network in the project that they say could revolutionise how we plan and manage our roads. Highway technology company Gates have been working for some months on real-time data with various different partners. This takes their road condition monitoring into a completely different level and they think such a digital twin could play a vital role in managing road repairs, prioritising investment and funding in the future. Thanks, Adrian. Worthy winners. Well done to Geist and TRL for getting Adrian's accolade this week on Highways Voices. Now, we've heard about the JCT Traffic Signal Symposium in Nottingham, but how much more of a challenge has it been to organise an international, indeed global event? We're proud here on Highways Voices to be the official podcast provider at the ITS World Congress in Hamburg, which is organised by Ertico ITS Europe. So I caught up with the organisation's CEO, Jakob Bangsgaard to find out how the planning for the event has been going. Well, the first shock for us came when we had to postpone Lisbon in 2020. And that that was the first time that we saw that actually the Congresses had even the risk of this because the Congress is such an important part of our work. It's where all our stakeholders come together. It's our partners. It's all the people we work with on, on activities. They come together and share experience and and learn what is going on around the world and and therefore having lost lisbon then we were like okay now now we just have to put all the effort into making hamburg happen and of course that has been very challenging considering the situation uh, on the pandemic side and we are just working full speed and we are making sure that all the things are in place and of course, we hope that in October we will be able to deliver what we are planning for all the participants. Because it is vital, isn't it, that people get together? Because while you can have the, the individual sessions and the papers delivered via Zoom or Teams or whatever platform, I'm yet to find any effective replacement for the networking the exhibition the demonstrations and just the general getting together of people where friendships are built business relationships are built and ideas are shared in a way that you just cannot do remotely yeah paul this remote uh, digital online fatigue that i think we all have by now it delivers a lot of benefit to our work. It's much easier to get in contact with key people that you work with because they're always available. (laughs) And that has, of course, made some benefits in our work. But when it comes to the benefits of the Congress, uh, there it's really the networking, it's the side events, it's it's the corridor talks. That's where the the big benefit is from participating in in the Congress. And we organized our virtual ITS Congress in 2020, so one year ago. And, and there we saw that it, ha- it gives us the opportunity to present our activities, gives us opportunity to learn from activities being presented from around the world. But 
we do not have all this networking taking place. And that's such a pity because that's really where you learn things that you didn't expect compared to going to a session in an area where you're an expert. How are you putting together Hamburg? Either people are so desperate to get back to normality and they're sort of chomping at the bit to get out and see people and there are others who are still very concerned and reticent about traveling and worried about what might happen and then throw in any travel across borders and that puts some people off because they're worried that they might then have to quarantine when they come home what are you doing to allay people's concerns and what sort of congress compared to uh, the last one we had in europe in copenhagen what sort of congress can we look forward to in hamburg well first of all i, I was one of those who were traveling all the time before the lockdown and i i traveled more than 100 days a year and and I haven't been on a plane since uh, March 2020. Um, now, Hamburg is taking place in October, and I already now in my schedule have events taking place in September that I will travel to. So what we do hope is that I fully understand, I'm, including myself, I, I'm not very eager to go to the airport and sit in a plane to go to a meeting at the moment. But I will travel uh, by plane also uh, within a, a couple of weeks' time, then I will start traveling again. And we hope that by October, then people will be more comfortable with this. Of course, in Hamburg, we at the moment, we are putting everything in place to make a very safe event. We have the possibilities for testing. We have the possibility for social distance. This is, of course, not what we hope for in October, but at least we are making sure together with the authorities to put in place an event which is totally in line with the current regulation. And, and we hope that this is going to loosen up a bit in October. What we are then also challenged with, of course, is when we are allowed to have less people in the rooms, etc., and less, uh, more space uh, distance in the exhibition area and so on, it is going to be uh, slightly less packed than we, we are used to, which is not necessarily a bad thing because we have had people complaining about not being able to enter rooms because it was too packed. That is going to be uh, slightly different this time. We still expect around 10,000 participants, so we see quite an extraordinary interest in the exhibition space, in demonstrations. We have more than 40 demonstrations taking place. We have technical visits in Hamburg. So on that side, we see a huge interest from the industry and the authorities to be, be there and to showcase the latest developments. And the, the participants, they are so eager to come because they, like all of us, they are really so eager to get back to meet colleagues and to meet in person, get out of their office. And that's, we see that on the registrations already. And we, we hear that from everyone. But of course, there will be some who will be challenged with how the regulation is today for traveling. What about people who either can't or won't travel is there any hybrid aspect to the congress or to really get the most out of it you do have to be in hamburg i must say getting back to what i originally mentioned about the the virtual fatigue i think that 
First of all, we already have some requests for this, of course, for those who already by now know that they will not be able to join in Hamburg. And what we are telling them is, instead of letting them deliver a, a recorded message, we rather that they participate in either our Toulouse European Congress next spring or in the next World Congress in LA with their presentation. Because it's also a matter of those on site. If you're looking at a panel where four are physically present and then you have one recorded message, then it's not optimal for the audience in the room. When it comes to logging in and following the Congress, well, I think what we will do instead is we will record some of the the key sessions, the plenaries and executive sessions, for instance, and we will make this available after on our website so that people can see those who are not able to join. They can then go in and, and see what were some of the discussions in some of the key sessions. That's more what we think those who are present would appreciate. I think it's also considering the cost that we know is related to organizing something virtually, I, I don't think the benefit is in line with the cost that we have. Uh, so we'd rather spend the money on something else for the participants than just recording or making access available for the few. That's our opinion at the moment, at least. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And certainly in talking to people, I'm getting the impression that people cannot wait to actually get back to normal. I personally, I travelled a lot, as, not, not as much as you, Jakob, but a lot, and I never thought I would miss airports, aeroplanes, convention centres and identikit corporate hotels, but boy, I did. And, you know, the last journey I made outside of the UK was actually to visit Ertico in Brussels. I never thought that it would be 18 months before I had to take my passport out of the drawer again. Of course, we'll be doing our Highways Voices podcasts every day from the event. I've got my flights booked. I've got my accommodation booked and I cannot wait to join you. So I look forward to seeing you in about, it must be only about 10 or 11 weeks now. It will hopefully fly by and uh, and we'll have a really successful week getting back to normality and then sharing ideas on how to solve the new transport challenges that we're facing as the shape of traffic changes following the pandemic. So I'm really looking forward to joining you there. And Paul, we are really looking forward to welcoming you there together with the other 10,000 people that are hopefully going to show up to a fantastic event. That's Jacob Bangsgaard, CEO of Ertico ITS Europe. So the JCT Traffic Signal Symposium takes place on the 15th and 16th of September with the Mover User Group and the first social event of the symposium the day before at Nottingham Trent University. All the details are on the blurb with this podcast, as are the details of the ITS World Congress in Hamburg for the week of the 11th of October. Right, we're taking a summer break for August here on Highways Voices. We'll be back on the 1st of September, so I hope you get away for a few days at least and join us again as the nights start drawing in. We'll chat soon. Thanks for listening. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 